You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with Banker Bill. Ryan, you should get off the internet. And your guy, Bully Rye. I think it's a brilliant idea. That's right, everybody. It's another live football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye. And sitting, uh, no, I, I never get it right. Sitting here uh, to my proverbial right. Way. Yeah, it's, it's always the other yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, my guy, Banker Bill. Bill, what's going on, bud? What's going on, buddy? Ready uh, for some football talk. Pretty good week we had that. Well, I had this week. Uh, pretty excited about it. I'm excited to get into it, Ryan. Let's do it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm here, I'm over here trying to uh, make sure everybody knows where to find the show. Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns on YouTube at Tapouts and Touchdowns and Twitter at Tapouts and TDs. Check out the live video. Come in. Uh, put something in the comments uh, so that we can live react on the show. We asked for your start sick questions this week. We only got a couple responses. So maybe as people pile in or file into the show, We'll get some more uh, some more questions asked uh, that we could try to give you some mediocre fantasy football advice. Mediocre, well, just, mediocre. Media, yes. I am the top scorer in both my leagues, Ryan. Well, both I mean, leagues. listen, both. I'm uh, I'm I'm like top three scorer, but you know it uh, it is what it is. Uh, right. I I made a boneheaded decision to start uh, Justin Fields last week. Over to a tongue of Iloa because Justin Fields had a better matchup with the Vikings. Got that finger problem going on there. Literally, he could, he could borrow mine. Yeah, it literally cost me my game bill. It literally cost me a five and one record. Absolutely right. unbearable. You know what else was unbearable? Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. And what was unbearable was going to the South Carolina Florida game with Baker Bill. That's right. We're going to do Homer's Corner to start the show this week. Good stuff. Uh, because. Uh, Banker Bill had his first experience down in Columbia, South Carolina, at Williams Bryce Stadium, as my Gamecocks of South Carolina hosted the Gators of uh, Gainesville, Florida. Is that where that, that's where they're at? Gainesville, um, Florida. That's where the, championships are, Ryan. If you're looking where, for them, that's where some championships are. Um, yeah, you got three. You know, I, I there's so much I could say, man, but I can't really talk much. Uh, South Carolina took a ten a ten point lead. With nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and the dumb Gen X student section starts doing this. Oh, talk Bill, about what was said during that moment. What did I say to you? Bill pointed out, I was like, dude, there's a lot of football left. They, they, but they, what did I say to you? I, I don't remember the exact Specifically, words. I said, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that bite another team in the butt. And what happened? I, like, well, I It was like I predicted it. What's I worse? Didn't, I didn't mean this this year. I meant like in future seasons that will, will like anger the the teams down the road. No, it angered the Gators that were on the field at that time. What's what's worse is that it was right after we fumbled a snap for the extra point that would have given us an eleven point lead, Bill, an eleven point lead, and we missed. We we don't make the extra point, and the students decide to get obnoxious. Florida would make a comeback. And win the game by two because uh, after Florida scored their go-ahead touchdown, I looked at Bill. Do you remember what I said? No. I said, I said, don't worry. Spencer Rattler is going to come out and throw an interception. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And two or three plays later, that happened. So I can predict yep. the future as well. Um, 
and, and the Gamecocks lose to Florida at home. Uh, Florida would, would take a safety to end the game, which would give the two-point uh, win to the Gators. Uh, Bill, I, again, uh, if you looked at our social media, I posted a picture of us at the game. Yep. Uh, we went with your dad and my sister. Um, I kind of wanted to come on the show and let you talk about your experience when I, I kind of got to show you around the stadium a little bit. Yeah. Uh, some of some of what you saw. And uh, the floor is yours, man. How did you enjoy your first visit down to the University of South Carolina? I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Actually, it was a lot of fun. Um, you were kind of excited, like as we were going around, and I was kind of saying, like, hey, it's pretty cool. You're like, I'm glad you like it, man. I'm glad you like it. it was like you had built it or something. Yeah, I get it. Like you have pride in your school, you know what I mean? Uh, it was really fun. There's I mean, the uh the Gamecock village was very, very cool. I didn't really expect that kind of um, I guess, setup out there in front of the stadium. Uh, going to check out the Gamecock statue uh, and the George Rogers statue. Very cool. That's that's super neat stuff. Um, I always like the, you know, the his, history of and, and tradition of college football and the pageantry of college football. And I thought that the game day experience was pretty solid up until about the 14th time that I heard Sandstorm. And I finally was like, all right, enough, come, really, come on. I mean, if they hadn't <laughs> scored 39 points, I don't think that I would have had to, you know, had heard – I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like to be at the Tennessee game last season when they when they put a 50-burger up there. I don't even, I would have just gotten absolutely crazy. Like, we have to leave by the third quarter. Because it is – I didn't game. realize. I thought that I was asked, like a beginning-of-the-game thing. I asked you in the, I asked you mid-game, would you prefer Sandstorm to Rocky Top? Because I absolutely would. Oh, Rocky, I'd Rocky rather hear Top Rocky is, Top. Oh, man. that's, that's From, the, that's from day one, I don't like Tennessee. I will root for Carolina over Tennessee every time they play. And so I'm not a, but Rocky Top is sort of a traditional older song. Sandstorm is a terrible technical techno song. Like it's not, it was not exciting when that came out. Like, Ooh, look at this. This sounds different because like we hadn't heard that before out of music. So that's why it was popular and it's not popular anymore. You don't hear that song except for in Williams Bryce stadium. And it, you hear it. And for those of you, <laughs> my wife's in the chat. <laughs> Love it. Shana, that's right Shana babe we got the throw shade but uh yeah 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 um good stuff i like it and she came up with the uh emoji but back Listen, to sandstorm back to fairness, sandstorm hang on a second i'm no, not go ahead. we're go not ahead. finishing this sandstorm conversation until i get it out of my system because i ahead. had to take in way too much sandstorm in this stadium but other than that i do like uh they, you, know, you guys raise the towels and all that stuff to the beat that's actually kind of cool it looks cool but man, it was never a good song. And I actually had the family like sitting to my right by the, you know, the guy that was kind of close to me and all that stuff. So he's sitting to my right by the end of the show. I'm like, or the end of the show, end of the game. I'm like, you guys really need to get rid of this sandstorm thing. And they were finally like, yeah, you're probably right. It is getting kind of old. Like they actually started to agree with me that it's, I'm like, this song was never good. And you guys they, are just like, oh, I love it. I do like it at the beginning. I thought it was only at the beginning. Not there's every a time you guys so, there's a there's a time and place when they when when they need to do it. I think if they need, a, a, there needs to be a uh, a time when uh, as we uh, oh yes, so yes I did it's like you have and I started doing like the thing and like, it was like you know like what they what you guys do and it's so like you, it's pretty so cool. So Bill looking. went home and made Shauna listen to Sandstorm yeah, and watch them as they as they listen. I, when we first I was there for the birth of Sandstorm at Williams Bryce Stadium and. Uh, it was sort of to get everybody like amped up and ready it. to like I'm okay make noise. with it once. I'm with you. I'm with I'm not I'm okay with it multiple times. Like, you have to do it in the right situation. You can't just yeah. do it after a touchdown going no. into kickoff. You should be like, playing there's, your fight song. Like and that's if it. there's 
if there's a uh, if there is a, a a third down, Florida calls a timeout. Sandstorm's hitting, right? Yeah. If there's a if Awful. there's some Awful. some defensive stand to be needed, and and there's a touch and there's there's a timeout. Uh, Andy Andy Hunter in the chat. What's up, Andy? Um, that's that's the appropriate time to play it. We have but people I, that, that don't watch this show, Ryan, and you should have put up like what song we're talking about. So these people, in case they forget, Darude's Sandstorm. Like, yeah. ask Alexa means- to play Darude Sandstorm and drive yourself crazy for the next three minutes. Listen, again, <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy the way that the crowd gets behind it, but I'm with you. I think it's overdone. I will also admit, this yeah. was my first time going to a game in Columbia where they played, like, popular music over the over the sound system. Had a very NFL so feel. than the band. Yeah. yeah. I, one, of the, one of the things about going to a college football game is listening to the band play. Yeah. Uh, the defense used to, you know, or the, or the band used to get really heavy on defense. And instead, and I'll tell you where they got, they, they took this from Clemson. These Clemson's really bad about doing this because, like you said, it felt more like a pro game. And in between, like, in between defensive downs, they will play some sort of, like, hip-hop or some sort of, like, aggressive right. music to get, get the crowd hype. And it almost defeated the purpose of, of having the band. And the band... I think I heard you say it to your dad in the stands. The band is really big. The band That's can make big. a lot of noise. A large band. So much so that they have been invited to perform in the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade That's this super year. Cool. Super cool. So I I, I will Look admit that. that was I, – I had to take a, a, a back to that because I was a little upset that I didn't hear the band as much because it, it took away from the college game day uh, feel. Um, however, however, all in all, I will say this. And I've already said to you, let's go to the Vandy game. Yeah, <laughs> like I want to go again. Like this time, I don't. I don't want to root against the home team because um, I want to be part of that environment because it is very, very cool. Yeah, it's, it was a super, super fun time. I mean, I wanted to go for the experience anyway, but I wanted to go to watch Gators win, which they did, which is, which is, you know, made it that much better. I think I would have been feel felt pretty crappy leaving the stadium had they lost, even though I kind of expected them to. I think I picked against them, didn't I? Yeah. Um, but uh, at the same time, very cool college experience. I want to do it again. I actually want Shauna to go so she can see what it's like to go to a college football game because it's legit. Um, you know, going to University of Florida and being at many University of Florida games, I wanted that level of experience. And I told you during the game, you need to go to a Florida game with me. It's a little bit, bit little bit higher than this. It's a little different. It's a much different feel, a little bit different feel. Um, maybe that was because of all that rap music and all the like the R&B, like they were throwing in between. Uh, it's a little different, but um, it's pretty good, man. I enjoyed it. I, I props to South Carolina. That was a fun, I had a fun day. Um, Props to your friends too. I mean, Ty and, and the group that were there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, tailgating and things like that. Um, my dad had fun and I enjoyed it, man. It was a good day. I, I had fun and I'm really glad the Gators won. Uncle uh, G Money in the house. Okay. Uncle Gary Patton in the house. Um, I can't believe we haven't talked about probably to me one of the most uh entertaining things to happen during the game. And I'll I'll be the one to <laughs> you to you bring this one up because I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the one that should be bringing it up. I'm the single uh, guy on the show. This is, now this been, makes me love South Carolina even more. Like, come on, man. I've been going to Carolina games for over 20 years, okay? I'm talking I was a uh, short, fat kid, bottleneck glasses, going to football games. If the cheerleaders walked by, my dad was like, hey, can you take a picture with my son? I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I, I think Bill or anybody could attest to it. There were plenty of absolutely beautiful women walking around. Uh, this this game day. This is experience. the thing. That's definitely a thing in South Carolina games that they 
like the outfits that I even told Sean about it. Like I, I let her know, like there's just these girls that walk around in like short skirts and cowboy boots. Like that's the thing. It's that's like their yeah. thing. And it's, as soon as I walked, I was like, what, what, what's going on here? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, gorgeous women walking around everywhere. Yeah. Um, so it, it adds yes. to the ambiance. Yes, he's going to. Yes. Yes. Shout, good, um, shout his comment. You got to get that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about the poor girl. So yeah, we're in our seats uh, before her the fault. game starts. It's her fault. It is 100% her fault. Um, we're, we're sitting in our seats waiting for the game to start. And at that time, you, you obviously, you know, you're always w- walking around. And I should, we also should mention that the South Upper End Zone needs to do a better job of uh, defining where their sections are. Because we had a hard <laughs> yes. time. 100%. It's great in the East and West Upper Deck. Kudos yeah. to Williams Bryce for doing it. But the, other, the end zone, the end zone was off. So uh, there's a, a couple of girls, uh, college-aged. Walk, walking up the ramp, walking up the stairs, looking for their seat. Um, I should mention that the uh, at some point in in, in in this generation, this new generation of of uh, young women, um, bras have become a thing of the past, which is <laughs> least, fine if you're a single guy. For some folks. <laughs> um, where's let's see, uh, or poor grandpa who missed it. Yeah, we're, I promise you, we're getting it. He did. So, um, so nevertheless, uh, this poor girl's looking for her seats. Uh, wearing a pretty pretty loose loosely held uh, white dress on, and she made a turn with her arm and knocked her dress off and exposed her bare breast um, in in front of probably oh it's a good good group of people if 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 you if you had to guess probably at least four or five hundred people had the opportunity wow. to see it yeah oh yeah the Easy. people in the stands were there. And it's one of the things like, you don't you mean made a noise. noise. You made a I noise. You went like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so surprising. And over 20 years ago in the football games, I have never seen somebody expose themselves either at a tailgate or in the stadium. And it happened. And I felt so bad because she immediately covered up. Oh, yeah. And I could see her because I was just like, oh, no, what is she going to like? She's. Is she gonna like cry? Like, what's she, how's she gonna react? And you can see her walking down the stairs, just explaining what had just happened. Oh, yeah. First she of all, they were in the friend, wrong. Yeah. yeah, they were in the she wrong like, seats. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know if she completely left because I would have because a a, a, a prepubescent boy would have become oh, a man that day. It's all. Good it was. Now. Uh, it was. Um, yeah. It was. It was. It was a pretty. Uh, yeah. Pretty entertaining. I'm, I'm not sure what Sean, Sean tried to say there, but yeah. It was it was it was Blank. unique Blank. a unique situation, but nevertheless, I was thrilled that you and your dad had a great time. Uh, my sister fun. was there as well. Uh, she yeah. always has a good time at the games. Um, now that we made know, good food too, Shelly made lots of good food. Oh yeah, the sausage balls were the hit. Like we, she yeah. made, she said she made like almost a hundred of them, and I think she had all of like ten to fifteen when she left. Oh I, yeah, I probably we, had we killed them a good a good twenty twenty five. They were amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so yeah, uh, we we all had a good time. I, I think I, we we sort of lived up to the hype. You know, there's not really a bad seat in the house. And now that we know that the escalator has access to every side of the stadium, we can sort of find a way to it's a, not a bad, seat. not bad. Good uh, stuff. So so that was a pretty long Homer's Corner. We have never done Homer's Corner for more than like five minutes, and we've never done it to start the show. So hopefully, you all enjoyed our conversation about our experience in Williams Bryce for the South Carolina Florida game, as Bill uh, once again yep. uh, right. celebrates his victory. Wardrobe now, change. let's get into oh, wait, the bulk of the show because we're going to talk more 
uh, college okay. football than South Carolina, Florida, because we did have some some I don't know some entertaining football, some some sort of confusing football over the weekend. Let's start off with number eleven Alabama struggling at home against Arkansas. I believe Arkansas is a if I'm not mistaken like a two win team. Uh, Bill, They're not good. We yeah two and five are Arkansas. Uh, Alabama was up twenty-four to six or twenty-one to six at halftime. Uh, Arkansas scored late in this game. I say late; they scored with ten fifty-nine to go, so they had a chance to win this game. Um, Bill, we we told them not to turn on this game at the tailgate because we're like, oh, it's going to be a massacre. It's going to be bad. Yeah, I still think this goes back to my point that I don't think Nick Saban's coming back. This team is not. A, I mean, it's, they're a good football team because they're finding wins, but this is not a national championship Alabama team. What do you what do you no. make of the season for the Alabama Crimson Tide? They don't have a quarterback. Jalen Milrow is better than what they had. I mean, he they benched him, right? He didn't play for a game, and then the guys that were backups are not good. Uh, so they don't have a quarterback. Jalen Milrow went 10 for 24 in this game. That's not good. I don't care where you are. And in Alabama, that's really not good. Uh, you you had three quarterbacks at that school lined up that were fantastic, right? You had you had had Tua. You ended up with Mac Jones, and then you had Bryce Young. Like, so you had all these great quarterbacks that played there for the last what, eight, six, seven, eight years, something like that. I mean, it's been a while now, and uh, now they don't have one, and so they're not going to win games, and then they're not going to be good in the SEC. I don't know what what happens as we go down the stretch, but Jalen Milrow just isn't very good right now, and Alabama's not going to win games as a result. They had 29 carries in this game from running backs or, or other players, 21 pass attempts for Jalen Milrow. He only completed 10 of them. Albeit for 238 yards with two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. He did also have a rushing touchdown to Jalen Milrow. Uh, but like you said, it's it's 10 for 21 is not going to get it done if you're trying to win a national title. And Alabama has been fighting. I mean, fighting and scratching and clawing to try to make a spot, try to make a jump back into the final forward. I don't think they do it. So it'll be curious to see whether or not my my prediction comes to fruition that Nick Saban is out uh, and retires at the end of the season. Let's move up to probably my favorite game, even though it cost me my five-game parlay. The Colorado Buffaloes go up 29 nothing at halftime. Against you were smart Stanford. to bet this game, too. Honestly, you was like, eh, I'll get this one. I mean, they were up 29 nothing. I was like, all right, this is a good start to yeah. the weekend. And you and the rest of the team went to bed. Yeah, the rest of the team definitely went to bed. Lose to Stanford. In double overtime, 46 to 43. Bill, you said it when they were winning games earlier in the season that there's still a chance that they finish with a losing record, uh, do Colorado. And they needed this win against Stanford to not finish with a losing record. What does the future of the season hold for at one time the darlings of college football in Colorado and the fighting Dions? To be fair, I don't want to, to, to be, be fair, fair, to be fair. I did not say it when they were winning games. When they were winning games, we were talking about whether or not they were a college p- football playoff contender. Yeah, I think yeah. both of us said no. That's They're not that good. But when they lost to Oregon, I said at that time, that is a, an embarrassing loss, bad enough where you see just massive deficiencies in that team. They can't play defense and they can't play offense when it really means something. And I felt like at that time, they could, you know, this team's going to, I actually think I said, this team's going to finish with a losing record. And there probably are. So uh, it's going to be tough for them to get bowl eligible. They have to surprise us now in order to get into a bowl game. I mean, that's all it's going to be. That That's what they're playing for now. They want to get six wins and get into a bowl game. 
Yeah, 29 to nothing at halftime. Stanford scores 19 unanswered in the third quarter, followed by another seven uh, in the fourth. So 24 unanswered points after being down 29 to nothing. Uh, four and three do the Colorado Buffaloes sit at this time with some pretty big games. I mean, they I still got them got... for you. Are you ready? So we can just yeah, cap let's hear it, it off. All right, so yeah. this is their season. They have five games remaining in their season. They had You were right. They had to beat Stanford. They did not. They should have. They did not. They now have at UCLA, top 25 team. Probably a ranked, loss. Ranked 25th in the country. They then have at home against Oregon State, who obviously is number 12. They've been playing pretty good. I think they yeah. have one loss. That's a uh, loss. Arizona. And we've talked about Arizona on this show about how much better we think Arizona probably is than their record. They're four and three now. They blew somebody out this week after and it was a know, good close, team. I'll tell you in a yeah, second. close losses. Um, we can go back to that. Then they're at Washington State. Washington State took a loss this week. They showed that may, they might not be as good as we thought they were. They're out of the that was that was Arizona. Time. Arizona blew out Washington oh, State. That's well, what Washington it was. State. Okay, yeah. so and that was on the road. I think. I think they went up to Washington State and absolutely yep, skunked. They them. sure did. They pounded. Um, they them. only scored six. 44 to six, Arizona yep. beats Washington State. Yep. yep. So Arizona's very good. The only team I think they can go down and uh, that they could beat is Washington State. I think that's probably the only team they could beat. And that's at Washington State. So that's going to be a tough game. And then they finish the season off at Utah. So forget about it. They're probably not going to win two. They're going to struggle to win one. And they're not going to make a bowl. And then everybody's going to look at Prime and go, why are you wearing that gold headset, man? You didn't earn it. That's great. Listen. They they were the Dion came and brought some some energy to that Buffalo program the same way that Shane Beamer did uh, for South Carolina. The difference is that you know, albeit besides this year, Beamer was was finding success on the field, and we I think we both we both knew preseason that Colorado wasn't going to be able to maintain that momentum and it wasn't going to no. end well despite a good fun first half of the season. Let's go to the next game on the on the docket. We're going to talk about. Because last week we were talking about Notre Dame getting blown out by Louisville. But all of us on this show, you, myself, and Matt Buck, took Notre Dame, uh, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Southern Cal, and Notre Dame just went out and blew Southern Cal's brakes off, 48-20. to 20. Is this more yeah. of an inclination? It, so, in your opinion, is this more of an inclination that Notre Dame is better than that Louisville loss or that Southern Cal has been a pretender all season long? Yes. I'm with you. Yeah. I said that last week. Notre Dame is a good football team. Yeah. More than likely, they were overlooking Louisville at Southern Cal, got beat up, decided, you know what, let's just come back and, and get it back against Southern Cal, and they did. Yep. So uh, the Pac-12 uh, started off real strong this season. But By the way, and Ryan, turnovers. Turnovers is what killed Southern Cal. Yep. They had five. Notre Dame had zero. Five. You're not going to win football games. You've turned the ball over five times. Well, so, I mean, look, they can clean that up. That's their offense. Everybody talks about, oh, the USC offense is their defense. It's a problem. It's the USC offense. It's amazing. Well, not so much. And it really wasn't Caleb Williams. I don't think Caleb – actually, no, it was Caleb Williams. He threw three interceptions in this game. So, that's what you thought was good, and now it's not. Yeah. Uh, we, we look forward uh, post-week seven. Nine teams now remain undefeated in the top 25 – including a premiere in the top 25 of undefeated Air Force. Air Sitting Force. At 22 in the country, the, the ninth undefeated team. I believe your entire top seven are undefeated in Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. Washington, who beat Oregon last weekend. I was the only one to take Oregon, but it was yeah. a three-point loss, so it was a push. We'll get into that later in the show. You got Oklahoma sitting at six, Penn State at seven, 
And then North Carolina at 10. We're looking at a showdown between North Carolina and Florida State uh, towards the end of the season. Bill, if there's an ACC team that you've got making the Final Four, is it Florida State or is it North Carolina? At this point? Oh, that's the toughest question ever. Uh, North Carolina, I mean, they both have really good quarterback. They're decent quarterback play. Jordan Travis is solid. Uh, Drake May is pretty darn good. So I think uh, where is that one at home or on the? I'm gonna look really quick. Well, even um, if they don't, even oh, if it's they don't play, so it only be in the title game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, neutral field. Give me North Carolina. It's in Charlotte. I mean, the ACC. Oh, hey, look at that. Even better. America. Even better. North. Uh, give me North Carolina. I think North Carolina. I just have a feeling about that team this year. They're they're playing really well. North Carolina gives up such. I mean, they beat Miami this week, and Miami was looking to avenge that dumb bowl loss that they, you know, they beat. And Miami was pretty good up until that point. Um, they've rolled on some teams. I mean, they rolled on South Carolina pretty well. They really don't have anybody to play all the way down the stretch. I mean, they're at home against Duke. Uh, you know, Florida that's probably State's the got, toughest game. Florida State's got, got a Florida in Florida, so. I mean, Florida's not great, but I mean, they they beat South Carolina. Uh, but uh, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> is that saying that much though? No, no. I mean, they got no. Clemson. I mean, there's there's it's going to be interesting. I, I would I mean, that almost might be a uh, I'd root for North Carolina in that game because I hate Florida State. I don't think Florida State's all that good. I just don't. Boston College took them the distance. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll see. But I, I think I think I would take North Carolina in that game right now. If there's a team out of the ACC that makes the Final Four, I want it to be North Carolina so that that loss. In the beginning of the season, we had under control in the first half. Uh, makes it makes me feel that much better about it. Let's move on. Uh, I think we might be lo- losing some viewership here because we've done a lot of college football talk this week. A lot of college football. Let, let's get into the NFL from week six because there was uh, there was some stuff that went down, including your Dolphins uh, forcing and uh, the Carolina Panthers to remain winless. The only winless team in the in the NFL are the Carolina Panthers. However. The Panthers started off 14-0 in this game before Miami rolled off 35 unanswered. Uh, Bill, I know you love your Dolphins, as as do I. I mean, I've been talking really good about them all season. Uh, what what do you make of these Carolina Panthers? I mean, they came off, they came off looking competent for about 10 minutes in this game. Did you did you see any promise that Carolina might be able to put something together to end this season? No, no, I don't, I don't feel great about it. You know, it was weird watching that game. So Miami has this thing that they do to opposing teams, and it's almost not fair. Now, we, we talk about home field advantage and things like that, but they put Carolina in their dark uniforms on the sunny side of the stadium. It was 92 degrees. It felt like 92 degrees in Miami. Teams tend to run out against Miami sometimes in Miami, and eventually the sun catches up with them, and it just gets unbearable. And that's what it looked like going down the stretch with this Carolina Panthers team. They came out 14 or nothing. The offense was clicking. Everything was great. And then it was like, it wasn't that the brakes got put on. It wasn't all of a sudden Miami just said, never mind. We're coming back. We're going to win this game. Carolina was still doing some stuff with the ball. They still weren't terrible, terrible, but they just weren't scoring. Um, and then I feel like they just got worn out. It just looked like they got worn out. And then they're looking at the Miami offense. The Miami offense finally turned itself into the Miami offense. And it was just like every time they touched the ball, they scored. And yeah, you're t- looking at that as an opposing offense going, we can't do that. We're not capable. And I think you get a little bit of the wind taken out of your sails in Miami. Miami can put points up in a hurry, and that's what they started to do. And But what about the, the rest of the season? They have a shot at beating the Bears. 
That's Listen, probably it. Shannon Smith and I on the cat game this week talk about once again what games offer up uh, to be the first win for the Carolina Panthers. The next three games after their bye week, see the Texans, the Colts without uh, Anthony Richardson, who just uh, who was announced today that he was having sh- seizing any shoulder surgery. Yeah, and the Chicago Bears that we don't know if Justin Fields is going to be playing at that point. So. Uh, three winnable games for the Carolina Panthers coming up after the bye, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. Let's move on because we go from the winless to the undefeated. And, Bill, you texted me the 1972 Miami Dolphins cracked their bottle of champagne this week. Unbelievable. As, as both the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles fall from the undefeated, the 49ers losing to the Cleveland Browns uh, and the Jets uh, – beating the Eagles for the first time in franchise history. Let's start off with the Jets and Eagles. I think we've talked about the Eagles on this show before, Bill, and that, yes, they were they were undefeated, so that made them one of the top five teams in the NFL. But they let the Patriots come back on them in week one, granted, with albeit in a win. And they haven't looked all that impressive, specifically on defense, despite having the Georgia-Delphia defense from, from last year's national championship Georgia team uh, what do you make of the Eagles after losing to the to the New York Jets? And and a follow up question: There are rumors that Aaron Rodgers is having a miraculous recovery, and that he could come back this season. Let's start off with: What do you make of these Philadelphia Eagles after this loss to the Jets? I don't want to answer this question, Ryan, because my team plays them this week, and I don't want to be like, "Well, they stink," and then I'm completely wrong. Um, they haven't beat on any. So I have Jalen Hurts in both my fantasy leagues. I thought he was going to be. Ex- extremely good this season he hasn't been uh he made a lot of mistakes this week i think he threw three picks and that's i mean he he was actually putting up numbers i mean it wasn't terrible in fantasy i think he got close to 20 which is all i needed but and one of those um, interceptions essentially ended the game for the Eagles. yeah i mean he wasn't good so they make me nervous they're banged up on defense um and we'll find out this week i mean we don't know if miami's a poser or not because the teams that they've beat uh have a combined record of eight and 27 so exactly, exactly. So you just don't know where you're going to get. I mean, it, you, Bill Parcells was famous for saying we are what our record says we are. And, and that's not necessarily true, unfortunately, for Bill Parcells, uh, because you don't know what Miami is right now. We're going to find out this week which team is good. I don't know. I mean, that's why they play the games. We've seen a lot of a lot of shockers. So I, I don't know, man. What, what do you, How do you feel about Philly? Do you feel like Philly is a really good team? Do you feel like they're a Super Bowl contender? I feel like they were at the beginning of the season. I don't feel as comfortable about them now. I think the Eagles – I think losing both of their coordinators in the offseason are doing more to hurt the Eagles than people wanted mm-hmm. to believe. I agree. They lost the both their looks- offense coordinator. The yep. offensive looks like they, they seem to be struggling at times. Yep. Now, granted, DeAndre Swift has looked great yeah, at times, true. but for some reason, Jalen Hurts feels like he's taken a small step back. Right. A full step back, but he, he he's not the same quarterback he was last year. And the defense. Now, granted, they lost a lot on defense after from last year's team, including a coordinator, but they rebuilt that defense with a lot of really talented guys that that made up one of the most dominant defenses in college football history last year. And so, you know, maybe the uh, the unrealistic expectation that the defense comes in uh, from, from that Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs defense and are able to completely go right into the NFL and be productive and be impactful, maybe that was sort of far-fetched from a standpoint. No, these guys are still having to adapt to the speed of the NFL, adapt to the NFL game. And so I don't think the Eagles are bad. I just think they need some more time to develop a lot of these young guys. Yep. Hopefully keep DeAndre Swift healthy for an entire season because he wasn't healthy for an entire season, his entire tenure in Detroit. And that's why he's not there anymore. So 
Yeah, I think Detroit's a, I think, excuse me, Philadelphia is a, a good football team. Um, I wouldn't put them down there with the Dallas Cowboys regarding like, I don't, you know, they lost to the Jets. They didn't lose to the Cardinals, right? So, um, and, and the Jets are, are you know, supposed Ooh. to be a, a really good football I'm not, team. I'm not, they have a good defense. I'm, I still can't figure out what, looking at statistics, and statistics usually tell the story, but I can't figure out how the Jets are winning with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Well, I I'm cannot. glad you brought that up because I want to get back to that question. There are rumors that Aaron Rodgers is having this miraculous recovery from his torn Achilles, and there is a chance that he will be back for a potential playoff run or a potential end-of-the-season run to make a push for the Jets. So if the Jets can keep finding ways to win games, yeah. do you really think that Voldemort, as we called him on this show for three months, is going to make a return and lead the Jets to the playoffs? I listened to a, uh, I guess, an interview today about uh, Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Rodgers. They, they interviewed Aaron Rodgers and he said they had, so, he had some sort of experimental surgery. It was the same surgery that Cam Akers had and JK Dobbins had the exact same surgery at the, like within days of each other, they had this experimental surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we saw that Cam Akers came back after five months. Um, played the Super Bowl, played in the Super Bowl. And it has seemed to have stuck. However, I think we all agree that Cam Akers has not been a player that he was before the injury. I'm not sure that an Achilles is, is as important to Aaron Rodgers, but I still it still makes me very nervous for a player to not let his body heal when doctors for so long have said it takes this amount of time to heal up that, that type of injury. Um, this is a different doctor that is saying something different, and it seems to have worked for Cam Akers. However, it did, like I said, didn't come back at the same level. It'll be interesting, man. Like it stay tuned. <laughs> it's gonna be I mean, listen, I, I think it's wrong. I don't I don't think he should. Maybe Rogers goes into another dark room for like two weeks and all of a sudden he comes out magically healed. I mean, maybe he's he he wants he gets on some psychedelics and it helps mend the I mean, he's the, the he's that kind of guy. Yeah. I just I don't feel good about it. I don't think he should do it. Speaking from a Dolphins fan who doesn't like the J E T S suck, suck, suck. Uh, but I don't want to I mean, they're terrible but their defense is very good. So they could win games with a serviceable Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to see him come back, especially before we play them in the, you know, in the, in the regular season. I don't think they make the playoffs with Zach Wilson. I can't see this happening. These are miraculous games that they're winning. I mean, the, the Buffalo ret punt return for a touchdown in overtime. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, this game, Jalen Hurts throwing three interceptions. Granted, they did play very good defense, but if you watch Jalen Hurts, he did not look like himself. You mentioned the, the coordinator issue there in Philadelphia. I don't think they continue this. And I think that once they're three and nine, that maybe Voldemort decides it's probably not his best interest to come back this year and play for nothing. I'm with you. Um, let's move on here because we, we we still got bullies, buys and sells, and some starts and sits. Because there's a lot of crap on you. A lot of crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the San Francisco as your only other undefeated team losing this weekend to the Cleveland Browns. There what a happened scuffle, there? A what scuffle pregame, and the San Francisco 49ers lost both Christian McCaffrey and. Debo Samuel in this game. Now, McCaffrey, uh, he's still listed as questionable. I haven't, I'm sure if Shannon comes in and when we do picks later, he can probably tell us a little more as he is a San Francisco fan about uh, the health of both of these guys. But we both had San Francisco as the number one team in the NFL when we did our top five last week. Uh, what does San Francisco look like without Christian McCaffrey and or Debo Samuel? Because Brock Purdy fell off the table. 
Yeah, I mean, tell the table. He fell off a cliff last week. Nine yeah. fantasy points. They couldn't get the offense going. Kudos to the Cleveland Browns defense. I believe they're number one overall in the NFL on defense. But what do these 49ers look like without their star two players in Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel? Well, you know, it's bad because I think I think I'm concerned if you're a San Francisco fan or, you know, you follow San Francisco. Christian McCaffrey clearly is a huge part of your offense. And when he wasn't there, the guy that was a huge part of your offense was Debo Samuel. It basically centered around him. Brock Purdy was really bad last week. Really bad. I played him in both my fantasy leagues, believe it or not. He was the starting quarterback. Your team, finding Debo, uh, lost because you had a terrible quarterback this week. And and McCaffrey got hurt. I had McCaffrey too. Yeah. So I was jumping up and down the whole time. But at the same time, if you are that good at San Francisco, let's not forget the Cleveland Browns, while they play good defense, their starting quarterback was P.J. Walker. How do you lose to a guy that wasn't in the league like three weeks ago? Like this, terrible. If you're the best team in the NFL, which everybody expected going into that game, that they were going to win no matter. And when they when they had PJ Walker, people were thinking they're going to win thirty to ten, and they go in and lose. And come on, man, that that was not good. I'm very nervous as a San Francisco fan right now because every every team deals with injuries. Now I know you lost your two most dynamic players on the offense, but Brandon Ayuk supposed to be very good, and George Kittle supposed to be very good, and Brock Purdy supposed to be very good. None of them showed up when those guys went down. I'm very nervous right now as a San Francisco fan. Matt Buck from last week's uh, picks or podcast pickums said that Kittle killed him this past yeah, week. Everybody, just nothing. Everybody in the 49ers offense killed everybody in fantasy football last week. So uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, like Matt, if you're watching the show live with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, make sure you leave a comment that we can read live on the air uh, so we can get some interaction going. Bill, we, we, were, we were originally going to do top five uh, in the NFL, but after week six, let's ask the question. Because we have no no undefeated Tim Costello here coming in saying that same same thing to me uh, with Kittle. Um, who is the best team in the NFL after Week Six? Is it still the 49ers? No. Who is the best team in the NFL after Week Six? My opinion. Yes. The Detroit Lions. Boom! That's what I like to hear. I just popped yep. so hard for that. I'm right yep. there with you. My concern about the Detroit Lions right now is the running back situation. David Montgomery went down. Uh, Matt Buck says Detroit's in the top five. I don't think he agrees with the number one. But David Montgomery went down yet again. Second time he's gotten hurt, and it looks like more a more severe injury this time. Uh, rookie running back Jameer Gibbs might be back in uh, in the, the, the mix here uh, this That's week. That's your guy. That's, That's your my guy. Um, Matt Buck says he thinks Miami is the number no, one team in the NFL. As a Dolphins fan, I can't feel that right now. But, yeah, I, listen uh, – you had a big play from Jamison Williams finally for the Detroit Lions last weekend. Mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown, if he stays healthy, he's going to be, you know, continue to be a dynamic player. Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end, had a down week last week, but has been on fire all season long. Everybody was concerned about Hawkinson leaving Detroit last year. Laporta has come in and filled that hole very well. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you, man. And if, if and Jared Goff has been fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm, you know uh, what? Let's not forget about Jared Goff. Miss me with the Jared Goff isn't an elite quarterback situation. Jared Goff is throwing for a lot of yards. He is not turning the ball over. I don't know about elite. Hit. I don't know about elite. I'd say he's a he's top 10 average. quarterback in the NFL. Above average. Oh, absolutely top 10. Right now he's a top 10, and I think top 10 is elite. I think I think Jared no, Goff elite continues. is like top five, top three. Five. We can talk about five. We need to, we need to talk about this one. next week because, I listen, I, I think Jared Goff is managing this offense. He's got the players around him, but if they, if they lose the ability – 
to mix up the run and pass. You're going to have problems in Detroit. Uh, they get a big game this weekend with with a lot of who someone who a lot of people expected to be a really good football team this year. Um, Tim Costello says the consistency with golf. Listen again, he's he's been consistent every week. He's not trying. I think he has one or two interceptions on the season. At one point, he was right there in the mix for the most uh, passes attempted without an interception in NFL yep. history. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you, man. And I hate to say it because I'm a fan of Detroit. But you heard the pop when you said that you thought Detroit was the number one team in the league. That made me uh, they, that made me extremely happy. They've won fantastic road games. They went. They went. I mean, we're talking another team that's in the, that's in my top five. They beat them at the beginning of the season on their field, and then I honestly I thought the the Buccaneers had a shot to beat Detroit this week, and Detroit handled them. Handled Baker, Baker Mayfield was terrible. There's nothing he could do. They and they so, brought they brought the Carolina Panthers, Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield back this week for that Carolina game. Baker was Baker 100%. was livid after that game. Say we suck. We none mm-hmm. of us played good. Like we got to yep. play better if we're going to win games. Oh, Mike uh, Evans and, was open all over the field. I was watching the game. I'm, I have Mike Evans in one of my fantasy teams, and I was watching Baker Mayfield miss him constantly. Mike Evans was very frustrated. Didn't have a great week, but I mean that's what you have to do. You have to stop the opponent's quarterback, and that's what they were doing there, pressuring the heck out of him. Detroit looked really good, man. They, they looked really good, and they've got two. You know they've got really tough wins on the road. Their only loss is to a good Seattle team, and that was a shootout. And they haven't been in shootouts other than that because their defense usually plays well. So I'm not concerned about that as, as their loss. I, I think they're the best team. They're, they're the only team that seems to be consistent enough to be considered number one in football. Philly, we have we have questions about. San Francisco, we have questions about. What is the question about Detroit right now? You don't have one. Yeah, yeah. Running backs, hear- maybe. But they have Jameer Gibbs. They drafted a guy in the first round to fix that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear your thoughts. We're going to take our first break. We come back. Bullies, buys, and sells. Starts and sits. Leave a comment about who your favorite team is or, or who you, you've got as the number one team in the league. Uh, leave leave comments on, on start sit questions for fantasy football this week. Uh, we'll be right back right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell them that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. Pre-stash, pre-stash Aaron. Pre-stash Aaron, welcome back to the show. Uh, Matt Buck gonna, well, let's see, uh, he wants to know with Devontae Adams, uh, who you got, let us know, Tim, who you got that you need to decide with that. Uh, Matt Buck saying, go Gamecocks, go Seahawks, as he heads to bed to watch this or to listen to the show on Spotify. Tomorrow, Bullies Buys and Sells, where we every week go into fantasy football. I give you one player each position that I think you should buy in on and start this week, and four guys that I think maybe should maybe should ride the pine if you can if you can help it. On the season, Bill always uses does his fact or crap, whether or not I've made good picks, and he's got a little bit of a lead on me. He's made some uh made some decisions based on my picks, and he is Sitting at thirty and eighteen for the season. Uh, meanwhile, I'm twenty seven and twenty one with my oh. picks. So oh, just pulling away now. Pulling away. Let's get right into getting, it. Getting away from you, Ryan. Getting away. Buys. It's like the. Or, you know what it's like? It's like when the Florida Gators beat the South Carolina Gamecocks at the end. That's getting away from them. All right, that's that's the show, and everybody. Still, and you still, <laughs> you still wore. You're the best team in football in the NFL, and you wore a bad team stuff today. That's. All right, say we're it. just gonna we're just, I'm not say even gonna it. say anything. Quarterback that I'm buying this week, Brock Purdy. As I almost forgot my notebook, Bill. Oh, 
Don't forget the notebook, man. I got it right here. Brock Purdy projected 19.9 points. Uh, They're playing the Vikings, giving up the eighth most points to quarterbacks, despite the Vikings knocking uh, uh, Justin, why can't I say his last name? Justin Fields out of the game last week. Um, If Christian McCaffrey and Debo miss this game, I think it falls on Brock Purdy's shoulders. Uh, I think he's due for a big bounce back. We just had the conversation about him having a really bad game last week. I think if you if you're missing Debo, you're missing McCaffrey. You're going to game plan around letting Purdy Purdy carry this game, and and I like him to beat this projection. Bill, what you say? Fact or crap? Nineteen point nine points for Brock Purdy. I believe this one is a fact. Brock Purdy's good enough to beat this. I think last week was an anomaly. Something went wrong there in Cleveland. Minnesota doesn't play great defense. Like you said, they knocked out. You know, uh, remind me. Why can't Christian, I say it? Chicago Christian McCaffrey? Oh, no, oh they, Justin they, Fields. Justin Fields. They knocked yeah, out Justin Fields. I was thinking Jalen Hurts. And I didn't want to say that because yeah. there's too many. So Justin Fields. Um, so they knocked out Justin Fields last week. That's an anomaly. That's probably why they have bad. I mean, they're better against quarterbacks than they should be, right? Because Justin Fields stinks. And then they were again. I don't even know who their backup is. Who is Chicago's backup? It's somebody terrible. It's like the Mitchell, guy from UCLA. No, I was going to say Mitch Trubisky, but he's in Pittsburgh. No, it's yeah, like I can tell from you. UCLA. Like he's You're right. It's some some yeah. weird name, too. So their yeah. ranking goes way up because that guy couldn't play quarterback and neither could Justin Fields prior to that. So I, I don't think Minnesota plays much defense. So I think Brock Purdy does better than this. So I think this was a fact. All right. Let's move over to running back here. Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones projected 15.9 points. He has missed the last few games uh, with, I believe, a hamstring injury. I think he finally plays this week and he gets a terrible Broncos defense. Giving up the most points to running backs. You talk about low-hanging fruit. This is it. Uh, the last time Jones was healthy, fully healthy, he scored 26 points back in week one. Uh, they finally freed Aaron Jones with Aaron Rodgers gone. If he plays, you start him with confidence. 15.9 points for Aaron Jones. Banker Bill, what say you? I say this one's crap. I don't like this one. I think Aaron Jones, they have A.J. Dillon still. So I think they're not going to rush him back. They tried to bring him back in week four against Detroit. He ran five times for 18 yards, didn't play all that well, scored 2.4 points. So Aaron Jones, I don't think he plays a ton this week. He's still questionable. He's still on the injury report. He's not practicing yet, Ryan. So wrong again, Ryan. I don't think, uh, I think this one's crap. All right, let's move over to wide receiver that I'm buying in this week. We're going to stay in Green Bay, and I'm going to go Romeo Dobbs. Projected 9.8 points is a really low projection. For a wide receiver, but the last time, uh, last time out, he only had four targets. He caught one for four yards. I've got faith that the Packers are going to get it figured out, get it back together uh, to have an explosive game once again against a really bad Denver Broncos defense, allowing 16th most points to wide receivers. Bill, what say you, Romeo Dobbs? 19, or I'm sorry, 9.8 fantasy points. I was going to say 19. Never mind. We're going, but uh, no, Romeo. Believe it or not, I I, I watched. So I, I do your research on this, right? I mean, I, I look at it, right? I can't believe how much this guy's actually scored. Yep. I'm shocked. I was like, what? Uh, so the reality of this guy is that three out of the five weeks that he's played, he scored over 18 points. So I'm going to give you a fact on this one, and I'm surprised that I did not try to find this guy in fantasy because he's having a sneaky good season as a wide receiver. Actually, I had really three really good games. Two not so good games, but I yeah. think this week he's uh, playing a bad defense and he he scores over nine. Nine is not a lot, especially in a uh, you know a points per catch uh, you know uh, league. That's that's not a lot. So I think he gets a ton of targets, man. I couldn't even. I was shocked, man. This is one of the ones I was like, "Ooh, Ryan did some research on this one." Uh, so this is a good one. I think this is a fact. Yeah, problem problem with fantasy football is consistency, and if you don't get consistency, you don't you're not confident yeah. starting guys. 
which is why you come to a, 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 a show like this where you're wondering whether or not you should feel confident about starting a guy like this. And, uh, and, and that's why, uh, that's why he's on the list. Yeah. Uh, Bill says it's a fact for Romeo Dobbs. Let's go over to tight end. Let's go to Pittsburgh. Pat Firemuth projected 8.6 points. Another guy coming off the injury, uh, coming off the injury report. Now he's not quite off the injury report, right? But he's missed the last couple of games with an injury going against the Rams, allowing the fourth, fourth most points to tight ends. Uh, they're, they're, with, for all intents and purposes, very confident that Pat Fryermuth is going to play this week, and I think he has a big day uh, in his return to the lineup. Bill, what say you, Pat Fryermuth? Buy or sell eight point six points. I think this one's crap. Sorry, I think this crap. one's crap. Yeah, I don't. I don't like this one. I, I sell on this guy. Uh, he doesn't get that many targets. His his target max for the season is four. So I don't feel great about him at all. I actually looked to pick him up in a league. It's funny you brought him up as your buy. I was. I looked at him and went, nah. Because I, because I, I listen, I literally had to pick him up because my starting tight end was on a buy this oh, week. I didn't have a buy because you're hoping is what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to manifest this win for me, man. That's right. No, I think it's crap. I don't think he, he just doesn't get a ton of targets there in Pittsburgh. They don't have a dynamic offense. So I don't think he does any better than eight point six. Of course, he could score a touchdown and ruin my day, but I don't think it's happening. All right. Well, that's two. That's two that you agree with me. Two that you don't. Um, yep. Hopefully, I'll make some games up this week. Let's go over to Bully Cells uh, for fantasy football week seven. Let's start off at quarterback and go over to Lamar Jackson. Projected twenty one points for the Baltimore Ravens. The Lions. We just talked about what they did to Baker Mayfield. Six point eight four fantasy points for Baker Mayfield last week, and the Lions have athletes. Aiden Hutchinson to to, to name a few, or Aiden Hutchinson. Alex Anzalone, uh, to name a few, um, athletes on that D line and linebacker, they're gonna they're gonna prevent Lamar Jackson from getting out on the edge. Uh, back to back weeks under his current projection for Lamar Jackson, and a defense uh, worse than the Lions uh, is, is the Lions have a better defense than anything Lamar Jackson has played yet this season. Uh, even if the game is in Baltimore, which it is, I don't like Lamar Jackson to hit this projection this week. Bill, what say you? Ryan, I'm going to call this one crap. I think that Lamar Jackson does better than 21 points this week. Um, first week of the season, I'll try to remember these. Uh, it was Mahomes. Mahomes ran for 46 yards, rushed for 46 yards against the Lions defense. Second week of the season, Geno Smith ran for 20 yards against the Lions defense. Uh, they don't do that well against running quarterbacks, and those aren't really running quarterbacks. And I just saying, I'm just saying. I, and then I looked through the rest of their stats, and they were pretty good against quarterbacks that don't run. But the the one that is probably the best runner of the, all the teams they've played was Mahomes, even though he doesn't like to run, and he ran quite a bit, 46 yards. Lamar Jackson's a whole different animal when it comes to that kind of stuff. I think he goes for a lot this week, and I think he's going to do better than 21 points because they're going to put up some points against Detroit. They're at home. It's going to be an exciting game. They need to win it. So I think Lamar Jackson does pretty well this week. So I'm going to call crap on you, Ryan. All right. I'll uh, I'll take it because it'll make me look that much better when the Lions blow out the Ravens. Um, got a lot to make up, so. Let's go to running back that I'm selling this week, and this hurts me because I have no choice but to start him with buys and injuries in fantasy this week, and that's Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor projected 13.4 points. I think a lot of people were excited about this, about Jonathan Taylor coming back with the prospect of like a zone read offense with Anthony Richardson. Now he's not going to get it with Gardner Minshew, the, the, the first stash, if you will. Uh, getting the Browns this week apparently have a really good defense, giving up the seventh fewest points to running backs. Jonathan Taylor only has 14 total carries 
in his two games that he has played, albeit five receptions last week in week six. I just don't like him or the Colts in week seven, which is why I'm selling Jonathan Taylor. Bill, what say you? I say I wonder why you're selling someone that nobody's really played so far yet this season. But I will agree with you. This is fact. Keep Jonathan Taylor off your starting lineup. This isn't the week to start him. Zach Moss has still been fantastic, and Taylor hasn't gotten the carries. Pedro's back. Hey, Pedro's Pedro's back. back. We Pedro last week. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor hasn't gotten the carries. Ryan, I actually had a better sell for you this week. I feel like I feel like you missed out on this one. You had a better sell. Okay, give me your sell. We'll, we'll talk about it. My sell is Raheem Mostert. I'm not selling yeah, Raheem Mostert. Go this with week. that one. That one's even scarier. The reason is the Philadelphia Eagles are the second best team against running backs this season. Raheem Mostert, when he played up in New England, only had seven carries for nine yards on the road. And Devon Achain was much much i'm sorry a chan was much better they don't have a chain in the lineup they have ahmed chris brooks is injured his he's out this week they're probably going to get jeff wilson back he's a thumper and i just don't feel i'm gonna have to play him because i don't have enough running backs on my team but i'm not sure raheem mostert's gonna be a great a great player this week i'm a little bit nervous about that his projection is like 15.6 it's a lot he has to get in the end zone I'm going to call you crap on that. I think Mostert's going to be just fine. Oh, I hope forward. so. I hope so. He's giving me all excited. Going forward. Uh, listen, I double dipped on the Packers and my buys. I'm double dipping on my receivers with the Colts. And I'm going Michael Pittman Jr., 14.2 projected fantasy points this week. Again, another guy getting the Browns. Not only are they giving the se- seventh fewest points to running backs, they're giving receivers. up the Few, no, I'm, I'm getting there. They give them the seventh fewest points to running backs. Oh. They're also giving up the fewest points to, to, to wide receivers this year. Believe it or not, Michael Pittman's been lights out all but one game Great. this season. But uh, he's in for another long day along with his running back buddy, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'm selling Michael Pittman Jr. this week. Uh, Bill, what say you? Fact or crap? I'm going to say fact on this one. A couple a couple other things you want to know about Michael Pittman. He was really good and had a pretty good rapport with Anthony Richardson. Had three really good games to start the season. Since Anthony Richardson has been out, he hasn't been quite as good until this week. He finally got some targets from Gardner Minshew. So I agree because he's playing the best team in the league against wide receivers. You got to bench him. That's why I have to play Raheem Mostert this week, Ryan, because Michael Pittman's also on that same team. And I think he's going to do nothing. Well, you're you're better off starting starting Mostert. Uh, I'm with you. I, I, I think Mostert's gonna have a good week. So let's go over to tight end. Uh, and this one hurts because I I was a big proponent of this guy. You like uh, this all guy. season long. I, I had him in every. Tim's gonna league. hate this pick too. Uh, Darren Waller projected 10.8 points. The New York Giants tight end has only hit this 10.8 projection twice all season. Figured he might see more action last week with Tyrod Taylor in for an injured Daniel Jones. It was more of the same for Darren Waller, despite a favorable matchup. Washington giving up the 16th most points to tight ends this season. Uh, I don't see it getting better any better for this Giants offense. Uh, selling Darren Waller. Bill, what say you? Darren Waller, uh, fact or crap, under 10.8 fantasy points. I'm going to give you a fact on this one, Ryan, but I'm going to say yikes. Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback, I believe, once again. I don't think I've heard that Daniel Jones is coming back. And I think Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. I think that they don't have a tremendous amount of weapons there. And I think 10.8 isn't a ton. And somebody's got to get the ball there in New York. And Darren Waller certainly can do it. I had a better one for you in tight end as well, Ryan. Maybe I homered the heck out of this one. I think one that you got to be really concerned with this week is Sam Laporta. Yeah, I don't like Sam Laporta has a hamstring, a hammy issue. No, it's a calf issue. I think it's a calf issue. 
He was hampered by it last week, was questionable most of the week, and only part limited participation in one practice last week. They're expecting him to miss practice again this week, most of them. He only had two catches for like four yards. That was terrible. He didn't have very many points. I think he had two points, some points. Uh, and yeah, it's I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about him this week. So I, I'm going to sell him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sell on Laporta this week as well. Yeah, I wasn't. Listen, that was my second my second choice uh, was selling Sam Laporta this week. But I decided to go with Darren Waller just because maybe I could manifest some good juju I for know. myself and underestimating him. Do you do, the, um, do you do the heck out of that one? Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, we've, we've got Shannon Smith waiting patiently. We'll get to Shannon Smith to do podcast pickums in a second. We promised everybody this week that we were going to do some start and sit fantasy questions. Uh, so that we're, we're going to talk about the ones that came on Facebook first. Uh, we got Derek Carr. Volley Polly wants to ask Derek Carr versus Justin Herbert. I don't know the matchups off the top of my oh, head. but I Justin think that, Herbert's terrible. No, I'm kidding. That's, that's the problem. He did not look good last week. Uh, basically gave that game away. The Raiders play the Bears, and the Chargers play the Chiefs. No, I'm sorry. He doesn't play for the Raiders anymore. He plays for the Saints. The Saints play on Thursday night football against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Saints Ooh. are one-and-a-half-point favorite. So you got Derek Carr and the Saints versus Jacksonville or Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. I, start, yeah. I start Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'm starting Justin Herbert as well. He also wanted to know Tutu Atwell or Elijah Moore. Uh, I tend to lean Elijah Moore. Tutu Atwell, since the return of Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell has taken a huge backseat. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to go Elijah Moore. Let's go Agreed. back into the chat. Uh, Tim Costello wants to know, Devontae Adams or Debo Samuel? Debo's hurt. Uh, Devontae. Yeah, you got to start Devontae. He's playing against the Bears. The Bears the Bears are bad, okay? Uh, so I would start bad Devontae offense, Adams with confidence. Um, and, and, again, with Debo hurt, like you just can't trust him. Uh, let's go. We also get from Tim Costello, A.J. Dillon or James Cook. We You, you mentioned you, you liked A.J. Dillon over Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones is still hampered, hampered with that, that hamstring injury. I would imagine you'd go A.J. Dillon, as would I. I mean, they get a really good matchup against the Broncos. I would take A.J. Dillon over James yep. Cook. All right. Yep. Um, you know, I think that's it. We went through it really quick. Uh, Tim Costello was not happy that we that we sold on Darren Waller. Uh, and I'm going to bring Pedro's back comment back up because he missed last week. Um, terrible fantasy week. Sorry to hear that, Pedro, but we are glad to have you back. And you are always welcome into the show. And into the chat. We're going to take our final break. We come back. Shannon Smith, my new co-host of the Cat Cave over on Fans, on the Fans First Sports Network, uh, will be joining us to make picks. Stick around. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina, is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one One Stop Repairs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. We are getting into pod podcast pickums. Pick easy for me to say. Um, let's go over the standings real quick. Uh, our guest pickers have as many wins as I do, 23-6-1. and six and one. We all missed on the Oregon-Washington game last week because it was a push. So Baker Bill 
continues to sit one game ahead of me at 24-10-1, while your guy, Billy Rye, is 23-11-1. So without further ado, I'd like to bring in the brand-new co-host of the Cat Cave, which you can find on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel or the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. We welcome in 49ers fan Shannon Smith. Shannon, what's going on, bud? How's it going? Uh, it's going great, man. I've been looking forward to this all day. Been looking at all these matchups. Also, guys, great show. I'm enjoying everything right now. I'm enjoying what you're doing. Good stuff. Keep it up. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we did a lot of talking about the Carolina Panthers uh, when we recorded yesterday. So uh, it's, it's, it's it's nice to talk about a little, you know, some some uplifting things with some teams with decent <laughs> records and whatnot. So it's uh, it's a good night. So let's get right into it here. Podcast Pick'ems Week 8. Uh, we go into the college ranks. We're actually going to dip into the college ranks a little bit heavy this week because there's not a lot of intriguing matchups in the NFL. We're starting off at a top 10 matchup in the Big Ten. Number 7, Penn State. At number 3, Ohio State. Ohio State, a 3.5-point home favorite. Shannon, I'm going to let you start us off here. you got Penn State at Ohio State. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year Penn State took an L to Ohio State, right? Oh, big time, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was hurt in that game, might I add? I, I believe you're correct on that as well. We got a healthy Marvin Harrison Jr. this year. We've got a very, very confident Ohio State offense. Penn State's defense is very tough, but I expect Ohio State to put it together in the second half. Win by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Bill, what you what say you? Ohio yeah. State, Penn State. I agree. I think the horseshoe is going to be rocking. I'll take Ohio State. Listen, I think Ohio State wins this game by by four touchdowns. Whoa! I, I, Whoa. I, I like. I can like, write that down. Can you write that down as a as a violent pick? Oh, right I there. think I think Penn State hasn't really played anybody this year. Uh this is going to be their first big game. I, I know. I know. We mentioned that a few weeks ago about a team that. I think it was it was Washington or Oregon, whatever it was, and they ended up coming out and winning. I think Penn State's about to get a a, a real bad taste in their mouth with the Four Buckeyes touchdown. of Ohio State. Four. I touchdown. hate to say that because there are three teams that I hate more than anybody in college football: Clemson, Ohio State, and and Tennessee. And so I hate <laughs> I hate saying. And just behind Ohio State and all them is 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 uh, Penn State and Baylor. So uh, we're across the board Baylor. taking Ohio State. Baylor. You got to look at the. Though you have to look at the Big Ten outside of the three Big Ten teams of Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Who have you got in the Big Ten? You don't. That's a good point. Bill's dad there would is, say Rutgers. There is Rutgers but... at five and two. Yeah. <laughs> Rutgers is five. Come on, man. A good come from behind win for Rutgers last weekend. Hey. You yeah, gotta give him credit for that. Michigan State's terrible. Uh, <laughs> let's move away from the Big Ten and go to one of the other big conferences in the SEC. A big rivalry showdown, number 17, Tennessee, at number 11, Alabama. Somehow, we talked about the fact that we didn't think Alabama was that good. Uh, the line opened up for this game, Alabama minus 8.5. Uh, Bill, I'm going to let you start us off here. Alabama minus 8.5, who you got here? Uh, I don't believe in Alabama, but I think I believe even less in Tennessee. So I'm going to take Alabama in this one. I'm not, I don't think Jalen Milrow is all that good. We talked about it earlier. But I just don't feel like Tennessee, Joe Milton, just not getting it done. It's just not happening. So I, I think Alabama wins this game big. 
Listen, I think maybe last week was a trap game for Tennessee. They were overlooking at, or, or for Alabama, I should say, yeah. overlooking Arkansas to go into this Tennessee game to avenge their game from la- their win from last season. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as they think it is. Eight and a half is a big spread for two top twenty SEC teams. Nah. Tennessee, Tennessee laid an egg against against Florida, but absolutely beat down what was expected to be a halfway decent South Carolina team. That's proving not to be so. I'm taking Tennessee to cover this. Wow, uh, they will not beat Alabama, but I'm taking them to cover. Uh, Shannon, what say you? Alabama hosting Tennessee. Last year, Tennessee slammed the door on Alabama. Alabama had the game won, but Tennessee came back in a very strong fashion and won the game by three points. Alabama slams the door this year. I expect them to win by one touchdown, and it's going to be a game-winning drive, I believe, because, Bill, I'm with you on this one. I'm not really high on both of these teams. Alabama, I think, is kind of dragging it a little bit over the success that they've had before, and Tennessee's not the team they were last year. So you're, t- but you're, you said by a touchdown. So you're taking Tennessee to cover this eight and a half. I think they're going to do it. I think they'll cover it. Okay. Alabama right. wins. Tennessee covers. Got it. I'm yeah. covering. I, I think we Alabama covers. Let's let's. I'm not going right. to say we, roll tide until I'm not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> well, you just did. Oh, right, not, not in a like a roll. T- Never mind. I'm doing it. <laughs> let's let's uh let's stick in the college ranks for one more game. Uh, the conference that will be no more next year. This was this is a potential top ten team uh, game early in the season. Yeah. Both teams have, have have suffered some bad losses here. Number fourteen Utah at number eighteen Southern Cal. Southern Cal a six and a half point home favorite after a big beatdown loss by Notre Dame. Shannon, I'm gonna let you start us off here again. Uh, Southern Cal uh, hosting Utah. Who you got? I've been watching Southern Cal play a little bit, and it seems like Southern Cal is trying to lose every single game that they've been playing, and it's just not happening. All the teams that are playing them right now are giving them chances to win, and they're taking them at the last minute. I expect for Southern Cal to win this game and look like they're going to give it away again, but they will win in overtime in this one. All right, so do they do they do they win? So they do they cover the six and a half, or you got them? You got them winning by a touchdown and stopping. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Shannon's got Southern Cal with the points. Bill, what say you? Utah at Southern Cal. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Southern Cal as well. Uh, who's started? Who's the starting quarterback for Utah? Do we know at this point? I mean, if if Cameron Rising is the starting quarterback, I'm a Utah fan. Let's go. But I, you know, at this point, I don't know who the starting quarterback is. Southern Cal's got the more established team, and they have something to prove. There, they do not feel good about the loss they took last week to Notre Dame. They're going to come in here looking to for blood. I mean, they're going to go after Utah this week as much as possible. So I think they cover the six and a half. So last week they 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 announced a new starter for Utah, uh, who came in, I believe, and won their game. I could not tell you who their starting quarterback is. I don't think it matters. Uh, we got here. Um, if you look at Utah's uh, player stats, um, it looks like Nate Johnson was their quarterback. Uh, Bryson Barnes. It doesn't matter. Bryson, Bryson uh, listen, Barnes U- is their new their new quarterback. Utah Utah swept Southern Cal last year, kept Southern Cal out of the college football playoff, and they're going to keep that train rolling. I think Southern Cal or, or Utah not only covers the six and a half point spread. I think Utah wins outright. Uh, I think I think Southern Cal was exposed last week in their loss to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame, like we talked about earlier on the show, is better than their loss to Louisville shows. Uh, for all intents and purposes, they probably should have beaten uh, Ohio State, should uh, that being Notre Dame. So I, I like Utah 
to come out and cover this and win outright at Southern Cal. Man, the uh, cap is going to get large this week, Ryan. You're going to be falling so <laughs> far behind. Wrong again, Listen, Ryan. The gap will be getting larger, but it will be going the opposite way because yeah, I'm, I'm making them up sure on you it will be. with all that separation. Let's go into the NFL in the NFL uh, slate because there's a there were a lot of divisional games, but it's sort of a lot of really predictable games. So I decided to go homer heavy on the NFL games, specifically because both of the teams – that are the best two of the best teams in the NFL are are uh, road underdogs. Uh, let's start off here Sunday one o'clock kickoff. The Detroit Lions uh, one loss on the season against the the Baltimore Ravens on the road. The Ravens are a three point favorite. And since Aaron will probably be in the chat at some point telling me that I'm the one that likes to likes to go last, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm taking the Lions to win this game. I'm, I mean it's it's a homer pick. But the Lions are the better team. I think they find a way to stop Lamar Jackson. Uh, the running game, ever since the the, the injury to um, to J.K. Dobbins, the, the running game is still not as explosive as you'd like. They're they're formidable, but they're not they're not anything that that the Lions can't handle. I like the Lions to win this game outright. Uh, Shana, let's go to you. Who you got here? Lions, a three point dog on the road at Baltimore. I think they're not giving the Lions enough credit, and I think the Ravens have enough offense but not enough defense. So I got the Lions by two touchdowns. They won't cover the spread. That's what I like to hear. Bill, who you got, Lions at Ravens? I think the Lions are the sexy pick on this one, Ryan, so I'm going to go with them as well. I think they win this game outright. The fact that the Baltimore Ravens are a favorite in this game is bulletin board material for the Lions. The Lions want to show they're one of the top teams in the NFL, and this week they do. Uh, real quick, let's go back in the chat. Trey Toll's in the chat. Trey, thanks for being with us. Uh, he he wants Utah over Southern Cal as well. And then Pedro thinks the Lions take this game against the Ravens uh, too. All right, last game to pick. Sunday night football. The one-loss Dolphins at the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about this earlier on the show. The Eagles have not looked fantastic for most of the year. The, uh, the Eagles finally lost their first game to the Jets. We, we've seen the Dolphins play some some really bad teams, and probably the best team they played, uh, the the Buffalo Bills, blew them out uh, on the road. Uh, Bill, since you were a Dolphins guy, I'm going to let you take this game. Dolphins at Eagles, uh, who you got here with the Eagles being a two-point favorite? I think if this game was a Sunday afternoon game, I would feel a little different about it. The fact that it is a night game on Sunday Night Football, I will take Eagles in this game. You should take all of your every single jersey. I will always, that you've worn I will this always vote against my team when it is close. And this is a pick'em. This is a pick'em. And my rule in a pick'em game, regardless, I mean, you're looking at a, a two point game. That's crazy. But my rule is always take the home team. You need to take all your football gear that makes it worse and throw it in a can. It's okay. I can be a fan and pick against my team. Let's remember Dude. that I picked the Buffalo game. Okay. Listen, you're you you're like Randy Quaid in in Major League right now. Like you just I have absolutely every Dolphins game correct, uh, my friends. Every <laughs> game I've picked them correct. I picked them to have a five and one record at this point in the season. Uh, real quick, uh, before Shannon gets to pick, Pedro says Eagles defense along with Jake Elliott field goal for the win Sunday night. That's and a cover. Tim Tim is shocked that you have taken the Eagles to <laughs> beat the Dolphins. Shannon, who you got here? The Eagles a two point favorite against the Dolphins on Sunday night football. This is the game that I'm molded over the most when you gave me the lineup today. I've been wavering back and forth, but I honestly am going to say that Jalen Hurts still has the ghost of Tua Togaviola oh. in the mind, and Miami is going to win it. Not only win it, but they're going to win it in the final dying seconds. 
seven points. They're going to get a game winner out of it. Tyreek Hill in the back of the end zone, I believe. All right. So Shannon's taking Miami. Listen, I'm taking Miami as well. Uh, I, I think the loss of the loss to Buffalo is an outlier to the Miami Dolphins season. They're the best offense in football. Good times. Uh, Picking against my team over here. They're talking, they're they're talking about Jalen Ramsey potentially practicing this week. Yeah, getting ready, yeah he getting was, he was ready in practice for him. today. Yeah. He's getting, getting ready for him to return from the IR. Yeah. Was it was yeah. it a, a, a was it a, a pec injury? Was it was meniscus. what was the injury? Meniscus. Yeah, it was torn meniscus. That's right. Yeah. And I told you when that injury happened, not to worry about Jalen Ramsey. He'd be back sooner than people thought he would be. And so far, that's coming to fruition. They're saying so, the Chiefs game, the Chiefs game. So two weeks My, out. Miami is good. They're only getting better. Give me the Dolphins over the Eagles. Uh, Shannon, I'm glad you were able to join the show this week. Anybody you want to uh, shout out before we? Uh, before we head on out of here. Oh, man, I'll, I want to shout out a good season for my 49ers. Hopefully we recover after the Browns losing. Hey, guys, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate every bit of it. Love the show. I'm going to run it back one more time before I go to bed. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Take care, Shannon. Shannon, we're going to say goodbye to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Make sure you all catch Shannon Smith with your guy, Billy Rye, over on the Cat Cave on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. Or on the Tobacco Road Sports uh, Radio, God, words words are hard. Tobacco Road Sports Radio's <laughs> YouTube channel uh, to watch the podcast. Shannon, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time, bud. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show again. Normally, we uh, we end the show with Homer's Corner, but we started off the show talking. Hey, Homer, minutes. this. Let's go. Oh, yeah, hang on, hang on. Yeah, fifteen. We get lots of wins this week. Lots of wins this week. Let's go. Uh, uh, talking Carolina, Florida from the past weekend, but but we've we've gone long again. But really good conversation again. Make sure if you're ever in the chat watching live with us that, that you're you're putting uh, some comments uh, below so that you can be part of the show. Shout out to guys who gave reactions on Facebook. My oh, buddy Mark Bolin, Tim Costello, Michael Pedro. Davis. Uh, your I believe your dad was in here. Gary, your uncle Gary. Uh, Pedro says go birds and go Knowles. Uh, so so that's fun. Um, yeah, thanks for everybody. Fun. That's not fun. Thanks for everybody to be in, in the chat. Pedro, Tim, Trey Tolls making an appearance. Uh, Matt Buck making a short appearance. Your wife Shauna for being in the chat. Yeah. Um, and then and then our friend Andy over in in Washington State. Thanks everybody for being a part of the show. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. Uh, some more football or some more football talk, obviously, with Banker Bill and yours truly. We're also going to have another wrestling episode. Uh, PJ Steven and I are going to be talking. Uh, we're going to be part seven. Of his PJ's time machine from WWF 1997, and My then again, moves, yep, that's that's it. And then you're going to make sure to go follow uh, the Keep Pounding Podcast Network to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast, the Cat Cave uh, with with me and Shannon Smith, and some at some point Michael Davis will be back on there with the two of us as well. That's all the time we've got for you tonight for Baker Bill for Shannon Smith. It's your guy Billy Rye. We'll see you next time right here on Tap House and Touchdowns.